you are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up and welcome into another edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. It's a Wednesday edition He's Tony Wiggins. I'm James Rapine. Tony, we have so much to get into, including your Jacksonville Jaguars, the team you cover every single day. A lot of happy people in Jacksonville. A lot of happy people, a lot of miserable people, too. And, you know, it's amazing that uh, 15 weeks in, we'll be leading the show with with the team that I cover, and they've won one game. It's it's amazing now. And and that's the, the polarizing part that's going on in this city, but... We'll get to it in just a second, man. But I'm gonna while you're talking, I'm gonna sip on a Pepsi real quick. Yep, because this football season is different, and a one in thirteen team could be a national storyline. Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game; it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Now, Tony, as you finish up your your Pepsi, and I'm a big fan. I don't know uh, about you. I've had the vanilla Pepsi. Yeah. And it is bomb. So that's that's my uh, go-to on uh, when I'm watching football. But what was going through your mind? And I want to get into the Jets, too, and we're going to get into the draft and so many things. But what was going through your mind when you saw the Jets in business, handling things against Los Angeles. The Rams made a comeback, but then Sam Darnold in New York, they're in victory formation. I, I got to imagine the entire city of Jacksonville just cheered because sunshine was coming to Northern Florida. Well, I had been having Twitter beefs the day before because Justin Fields had a bad game, okay? And he had a bad game, and all of the Jacksonville Twitter scouts said, uh, it's a no on fields. And I was just in the process of trying to tell people that NFL scouting doesn't work by watching one game. It's a body of work uh, industry. And if you're going to pass on fields, then you have to tell me who you're going to take, because if you're going to do it that way, if you go through Trey Lance or if you go through Zach Wilson's tape, I'm sure you're going to find bad games. So that the scouts wouldn't do it that way, but the Jaguars need a quarterback. Well, after that whole day and then watching the Jaguars get mollywopped by the Ravens, uh, I saw the beginning of the Jets game and I tweeted out Jets are up 10 nothing, and people were like, don't tease us. And then like a 51-year-old man with a full belly, I nodded off and I went to sleep. My wife tapped me uh, close to 4 o'clock and she said, babe, the Jets are about to win. And I said, no, they're not. She said, yes, they are. Frank Gore caught a pass and backed up and got the first down. And then the Jets went in victory formation. And it was absolute pandemonium on my Twitter handle. And in Jack Lucas, Luke Braun of Locked on Vikings sent me a congratulatory uh, tweet and text as if I had hit Powerball. Me, personally, not the city, me, Tony Wiggins. You know, like he said, congratulations, man. You know what I'm saying? So it's euphoria because folks had resigned themselves to the point where and I've joked on here that the Jets weren't going to win another game. I, they had resigned themselves to taking the second pick and had already figured out an avenue for success with picking a guy at number two. This totally changes things, though, with uh, Trevor Lawrence because this puts them in. I made a, in a uh, I made a, a 
an analogy that this is LeBron James territory because no matter what happens on the field, 50% of the uh, success or 50% of the benefit of Trevor Lawrence happens before he ever plays it down. I, I agree. I agree. It, it makes Jacksonville instantly relevant, must watch. Everyone's going to be paying attention to them next season. And so the key is, is they need to lose their final two games. And let's flip it now because the Jets were in the pole position. They were going to get number 16, the Clemson star, and they didn't. They came close a couple of weeks ago against uh, Las Vegas and the Raiders with that last second touchdown. And, and, and now they do get the win. I know a lot of Jets fans are angry. They're pissed off. And honestly, Tony, I don't blame them because they were staring at a star, a potential savior, and now it's like, well, once-in-a-generation talent, Justin Fields, like you mentioned, he's a really good prospect. Is it worth going quarterback at two and taking Fields when you have Sam Darnold? The Jags didn't have that, so they were going to probably take Justin Fields. Right. Well, now you have Sam Darnold. He's 23 years old. Do you just stick with him? I mean, the Jets are suddenly in a dilemma. Unless Jacksonville wins another game, they're going to be stuck here at two with a decision to make. Yeah, and, and it's crazy. We'll get to that in a minute because there's some media people here really criticizing Jaguars fans or other members of the media that are talking about the fact that they hope the Jags don't win the rest of the two games. And I don't understand why it's not about tanking. Nobody wants anyone to try to lose Jaguar fans in the media that cover the team. Just want the Jaguars to keep doing what they've pretty much been doing the last decade and a half. Just keep losing. That's what you've been doing. <laughs> I mean, why are you going to stop now and all of a sudden try to act like John snow on an episode of game of Thrones and come up with some <laughs> magical glass sword to kill all of the demons. Now, I mean, you got two games left in this regime, in this coaching staff's tenure, what are you going to all of a sudden now turn up and be all heroic for? This is what you've subjected to this fan base to forever. So why switch up now when you, you have a once-in-a-generational talent staring you right in the face with two games left? So the thing is, for me, is I think the Jets have a very interesting decision. Were they sold on Donald in the first place? And the only reason they were looking beyond him is because they thought they had a chance at Trevor Lawrence, who is, is considerably better. If they weren't sold on Donald and they need to move on, maybe they pick a guy anyway, allow Donald to play that last year. And if he looks good, now they have two guys. We've seen that scenario before. It was a long time ago, but Jimmy Johnson did it when he had Troy Aikman and he had uh, Steve Walsh. And it was a little bit different. And he was able, he was able to trade one Philly did it a couple of years ago in a different scenario when they had Sam Bradford and they drafted Carson Wentz and then they were able to move Bradford to Minnesota. Um, it's a different scenario. It's a different situation. Josh Rosen, the Josh Rosen situation, of course, in Arizona, but I think the Jets have to be very careful to not to make sure that they don't independently evaluate each scenario. First, they have to look at Adam Gase. Then they have to look at uh, Darnold and what that does in terms of preventing whether or not they're going to go and get a new coach. Then they have to figure out if the coach coming in is sold on Darnold or if the coach coming in likes one of the new guys. Or Joe Douglas could easily just move back and get more draft capital, still get a younger guy at the end of the first round, sort of like a Trask or a Mac Jones as insurance, but give Donald a chance to prove himself. So 
they have a lot of options. And, and of course, later on in our draft segment, we'll weigh in on that too and see how that affects the entire draft. But I believe the Jets and the Bengals are the two teams that will hold the key because the Jaguars, if they get number one, it's going to be obvious what's going to happen. But the Jets and the Bengals are going to hold the key for the rest of the league in terms of, okay, this is where y'all are going to have to get in where you fit in. That's fair. And, and I, I think that's that's really the case. And the reason it is, is again, you could see the scenario where the Jets say, we're fine at quarterback. That's not our issue. Where the Bengals clearly feel good about their quarterback. That's not their issue. And so if that's the case, and the Jags are first, and you have a once-in-a-generation talent, Trevor Lawrence – where do the quarterbacks go? Is it a trade it down? Do they just slide down the draft board? I mean, it it completely changed the game when it comes to this draft and the landscape because Jacksonville at two needed a quarterback regardless. Well, now they're at one, and now they're getting the guy everyone wants. I mean, right. Cincinnati fans are going to crush me here, and I cover the Bengals. I'm not going to hide that. Trevor Lawrence is a better prospect than Joe Burrow. He is. He is. He just is. I. It's, it sounds silly now, but I, Trevor Lawrence was so damn good that last year, as good as that LSU team was, I thought Clemson was going to beat him. Right. Because I thought Trevor Lawrence, who had never lost a game, by the way, up to that point, was just going to handle business. And for the, the first part, he did. And then, you know, you get overwhelmed by that amazing – uh, LSU team as a whole, and obviously Burrow played great. But, yeah, I think Trevor Lawrence is just I, – I mean, Andrew Luck, I guess, is is the he's the best prospect since Andrew Luck, and I thought Andrew Luck was a sure thing. Right. Like, the, I, I don't see Trevor Lawrence busting. Like, I, I don't think no. he's going to be a bust. I don't think that's going to be an issue. And so if I'm a Jets fan and I see that, you know what I think? I think, well, damn it, I wish you would have fired Adam Gase. I wish you would have – uh, accidentally benched Sam Darnold somehow and sat him down and got him prepared to for a trade because they flirted with it a couple of weeks ago. A and what happened? Greg Williams just whiffed. He goes the he rushes eight and they're able to overcome it. Well, now you just cost yourself. Yeah. But potentially the, the, the next 10 to 15 years. And you could you could flip it and say, or, you know, and they're going to get a good player regardless. And maybe Trevor Lawrence wouldn't have panned out in New York. You said it you're instantly relevant and not because you're in New York or, or not because you're a dumpster fire because you have Trevor Lawrence. And that would have been such a gift for them. And, and to lose that potentially because of a meaningless week 15 win over the Rams, it's just, uh, it's and, rough, man. And, and you wonder if they should have fired Adam Gase sooner because he he's obviously probably going to be fired. You wonder if that would have impacted things because now he's trying to fight for his job and he's, they're, they're suddenly playing well. I think they're playing, you know, I don't think they're the worst team in the league today, which which says something considering might, they were 0-13. Yeah, that, yeah, that might be the Steelers. But, but, <laughs> but um, you wonder, though, you wonder, and this might be one of those things where there may be some things that we don't know. You wonder if they really do know behind the scenes uh, that so, there was some truth to those rumors that that kid just doesn't want to go to New York. And if that's the case, they just said, well, you know what? We get more out of winning this game for our own sanity than we do from the bad PR that'll come that'll come along with us trying to trade the pick or, or him saying he doesn't want to be here. I, and, you know, some of the, sometimes these things, you know, people say them, and even though you don't hear it from the source itself, sometimes guys know, and sometimes people get information that we all don't know. And maybe that he did have some trepidation about going to New York City. 
And people, you know, there were some tweets saying, why would you rather live in Jacksonville or New York? And I take issue with that because people that have never been here don't understand it. But I know why people say it. They think it's like basketball where you're going to get a shoe endorsement deal. And you know what I'm saying? And all of this stuff. But football's different. The kid grew up about four hours north of here. And he plays at Clemson, which is about as country as can be. It's a different sport. And it's a, and it's a little bit of a different dynamic. i tell you what we're going to do, though. We're going to step aside here for just a second. We've got some uh, great sponsors we want you to hear from. But then when we get back, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about this jinx. I don't know if it's necessarily a jinx because how did we get here where the Jaguars have the number one pick? Well, the Jets had to lose. The Jets had to lose to a team in the Rams that I just bragged about last week that I thought could beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And it seems like every week, and it doesn't know, it doesn't seem like it's a fact that every time I come on this show, James think James tweeted out that I did it on purpose. I didn't do this on purpose, right? But it seems like every week that I come on this show, I brag about a team. They go out the next week and they get beat. So it, <laughs> it's I'm, the jinx. It's the it, Wiggins it, jinx. It's, it's a jinx that actually worked out good for the team that I cover. We'll tell you a little bit more about that, and we'll do it here on the Wednesday edition on Locked On NFL in just a second with James Rapine and uh, Tony Wiggins. I got to tell you about Built Bar, man. What is Built Bar? You know what it is. It's the best tasting protein bar on the market, bar none, no par intended. 18 great, great flavors. High protein, low calorie outtake. You can put them in your briefcase, stick them in your pocket. Great texture too, man. Great flavor mixtures I'm talking about. You can take these things to work with you, have a snack in between uh, breakfast and lunch, work out with them. I'm telling you, man, it's the greatest thing on the market and it tastes like a candy bar and it ought to be, I ain't gonna say illegal, but it should be in the candy bar aisle because when I eat it, at first I used to feel guilty and that's until I turned it over and I read the back of it and I found out exactly how healthy it was. And you can do the exact same thing. All you gotta do, is go to builtbar.com and enter the promo code that you get here today with us and you'll get 20% off. Now, the promo code is locked on. That's right, locked on. You heard it here first, locked on at builtbar.com and you'll get 20% off of your next order. Take advantage of it now, man, because that's what we do at Built Bar. Builtbar.com, your promo code is locked on for 20% off of your next order or Built Bars. College football bowl season is almost here and so is the NFL playoffs, just a couple of weeks left in the regular season. You probably spent a lot of money on the holidays. How about you make some of that back? There's only one place that has you covered. One place we trust here at the Locked On Podcast Network. It's betonline.ag. Go there now. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. You can bet on all the top games, whether you think the Steelers are going to lose again this week. I mean, who would have had it? The Rams lose despite being 17 point favorites. The Steelers lose despite being 14 point favorites in week 15. Take advantage of it now. Get those pockets full this holiday season with betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Go for it. Go there now, betonline.ag. Use promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, man, it's a Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL with James Rapine and Tony Wiggins. Before I get to you talking about this jinx, 
you might not want to listen to me about who you need to pick because I've been wrong a lot, but I tell you where you can listen. You can listen to Locked On Bets. Betting on uh, your favorite team doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get your daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked On Bets podcast uh, brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. Get your information there because you dang on sure don't want to get it from me. I'm telling you, listen to your boy Q, because when you get it from me, even when I pick a cold hearted favorite, it's not going to work. I picked the Rams to beat or to possibly even contend in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs as that team that could beat anybody on any given Sunday. But they couldn't even beat a team that, quite frankly, has never even won a game this year, and that's the New York Jets. And I should have known, man, when I did this. But I'm going to try to break that streak this week. That's how we got to the point where we're talking about the Jaguars and the Jets on the start of a segment and the start of a show. They won two games combined, and we're in week 15, and they led our show today. That's how we got here, right? So Wait a second. You're going to endorse another team today? I'm going to endorse another team because this oh, team. Oh, boy. No, but they actually look really, really good, man. Oh, Come on. yeah, I'm sure they look great. No, they, no, they do, man. Go. I'm telling you, man. But Tony's coming for you, whoever it is. I don't know who it is. This is going to be. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. You, My goodness. All right. Tell me I'm lying. You tell me the Cleveland Browns have not looked lights <laughs> out the last few weeks. <laughs> What? Of course you go to Cleveland. Uh, I'm just saying, man, because Pittsburgh is terrible. They're a game behind. Pittsburgh has a tough schedule down the stretch. Cleveland looks like they're going to walk through these next two games and win the division. Oh, And Pittsburgh was undefeated. You tell me what you're going to do this, Tony. Yes, I am. I think Cleveland's going to win the next two games. I think the Steelers are going to lose the next two. And I think the Browns are going to win that division, even though they won't get a bye because that's going to be the Chiefs and the Bills. Well, the Chiefs are going to get the bye, but the Bills are going to be the other top. See, Cleveland is going to win the division because Pittsburgh oh. looks like they can't get out of their own way. And the Browns are going to be the team that nobody wants to – you don't want to see them. I can't believe you. Why? And not because I disagree, because you just talked about how Jacksonville and that market and those fans have suffered for years and years and years and years. Well, the Jaguars don't know suffering like Cleveland Browns fans do. <laughs> and they finally get a damn good team. They have 10 wins. They should go to the playoffs. And Mr. Jinx, who's jinxed right. half the league at this point, right. says, you know who's going to make a run? The Cleveland Browns, yeah. you just ruined it for them. <laughs> and I agree with you. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Kevin Stefanski should yeah. be coach of the year. Baker Mayfield's playing well. Like, all of it makes sense, except the Wiggins jinx, which you it. just gave them. And let's talk about the track record here. The Pittsburgh Steelers are used to winning in December, and I know they got beat down by the team I covered, the Cincinnati Bengals, on Monday yeah. night. Yeah. But – I don't know, man. You're you're taking Cleveland with your track record of jinxing. I'm sorry, Browns fans, uh, yeah. ahead of time. I'll apologize in advance because yeah, I think Tony just uh, – he cursed you with yeah. his uh, his jinx that has got the Rams, it's got the Raiders, it's got a bunch of teams this season. You, you know my ex-wife was from Cleveland, right? So you know that's probably why I did this, right? Oh, no, my no, gosh. But, but, See? But, the, re- but, the revenge game. I know it, right? <laughs> but But, but – but, but serious, shout out to my man Jeff Lloyd. What's going on, Jeff Lloyd? Locked on Browns. But no, man, seriously, it's I gotta break this at some point, and then maybe because it's holiday week, um, 
I, I don't know. I got to be right sooner or later. A, blo- a broke clock. A bro- what is it? I can't even say it right. A broke. Uh, yeah, a broken clock clock's right twice a day. There no you doubt. go. That that thing right there, no whatever doubt. that is. So, and I, I hope for Browns fans that that is the case because they've they've suffered for too damn long and it's too damn cold in December in Cleveland and Northeast Ohio to to watch a loser over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, you're right. You're. Right. I love having fun with you, man. But <laughs> you know. <laughs> I can't believe you did that. They've been <laughs> suffering for decades I know since it, right? they returned in 99. I know and it, they fi- They're finally good. And you're like, you know who's going to be great? Finally good. I know, oh, man, but I look at you're gonna drink, I'm like, so. I'm looking at every week and I'm like, come on, man, you got to be right. So so now I'm really, really trying to pick someone <laughs> that I'm trying to pick a, a 98 mile per hour fastball that I know is going to go across that plate, man. So Well, then why didn't you just dan- say the damn Chiefs are good? <laughs> you can't because because you know what if i say that and they lose then it's really then it's really a problem you know what i'm saying so um i don't know who that kid was for the detroit lions and i, I may have to ask uh, matt Derry uh with the locked on lions if, if this kid is okay but did you see that kid that derrick henry slapped the other day derrick henry oh. needs to be locked up oh. derrick henry uh if you guys didn't see the replay there were two replays. One was in the Baltimore-Jacksonville game. I don't know who the lineman was, but there was a fumble. Lamar Jackson fumbled the ball. The lineman picked it up and actually ran up the middle for like 17 yards, and he ran a couple of people over. And then somebody picked the lineman up and actually DDT'd him, and the lineman got hurt. That was a funny play. But then the other funny play I saw this week, James, was Derrick Henry. If you thought what Derrick Henry did early this year to Josh Norman was bad, Go look at the play where Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry stiff arm. He didn't even stiff arm this kid from Detroit. When I saw Derrick Henry break to the outside, I said, this isn't going to end well. And then you actually, because there's no crowd, you actually heard him slap this dude's helmet. And I think he slapped that dude off of one screen and onto another screen in my house. It was the one. It's, it's vicious, man. Yeah. It, it, it's like Tyson in his prime at a running back. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's nuts. And I don't really know the answer, but I, I'm going to run a theory by, and as you were talking about Derek Henry, I, I think this is kind of the theory that you have to go with and you have to realize that you might lose. What about just going right at him and attacking him as hard as you can? Yeah. Cause I, I think he's in people's heads. Now people are worried about getting embarrassed and, Man, just go right at him in, in in not head down or anything, but like I think about some of the big hitters in the NFL. I don't know. Is Tyron Matthew going to get? And he's a small guy compared to Derrick Henry. Is no, he going to just get stiff armed into the next yeah. century? Yeah, I think Ty, I, I think Tyron Matthew would would get trucked. I think the guy you're talking about is Devin White, somebody like that. But uh, but, but you can get trucked, but you got to be willing to get trucked. And I think these right. guys are worried about getting stiff armed, and he's just throwing them out of the way anyway. I would much rather get trucked than get stiff armed. You know, it's what embarrassing. You know what they're doing? They're running with him, hoping that he either runs out of real estate or that help comes while he while they're straight and nothing's coming. And just run through him. Yeah. Just, he, just try to run through. And you might bounce off and he might still be going. Right. But but that's and the reason I said Tyron Matthews is because he plays with no fear. Right. And yeah. And really, most guys are going to be smaller than Henry. You know, and Deva White's a good example, too. But that's that's kind of be and again it's much easier for me to say right. behind a mic right but i think that might solve it because otherwise you're just going to end up on derrick henry's highlight reel and it's it's the most vicious stiff arm i've ever seen it is the most vicious uh just historically the only guys that i've ever seen punish people when they run like that old school was earl campbell earl campbell 
really made guys reevaluate tackling him. Modern day, marrying the barbarian, Barbara, and probably um, probably a beast mode. Where a couple of guys, you yeah. just kind of went like, nah, nah. I, I right, no, I ain't got time for that. I, I, you know, you went Dion, you went all business decision. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's what guys are doing now is they're, they're like, Oh, I'll just jog with them and keep them on my hip and then just try to nudge them out of bounds. Well, right. You're going to be bouncing off the turf or off the field, off the right. grass. If that's the case, no doubt about it. Something else we, we discussed Jalen hurts. A lot of lot was made. And we got to oh. sh- shout out our people up in Philly. Jalen hurts. A lot was made about when he was picked. And a lot has been made all year about whether Carson Wentz has been babied and excuses have been made for Carson Wentz. Jalen Hurts has come in and played really, really well. Ironically for Jalen Hurts to be the guy coming in for another guy in the NFL when another guy came in for Jalen Hurts in college too. It's crazy, but now he's in the NFL and he's doing it. Jalen Hurts has looked really, really good in a win and a loss. And it seems like the team is playing for him. I'm shocked a little bit that Carson Wentz, and I don't know if he said it, but there were reports. I know Adam Schefter said that there were reports that Carson Wentz wants out of Philly Mm -hmm. and if he's not named a starter. And so this week, Doug Peterson says Jalen Hurts is starting again. I think he's getting another pass. And what I mean by that is if another guy comes in for you and he's playing, I love guys that are competitive, but if another guy comes in and he's playing well, for you to bellyache about I want out, when you knew you weren't playing well, to me, I think you should be called out a little bit more on that, especially in a media market like Philadelphia. Oh, and I mean, he's taken a ton of heat and I get it, but I also get the other side of it where Carson Wentz sees the the starting job just gone and it's going to be gone now. And so he, he's probably making it known in whoever his people are. And again, that could come from an agent or whoever, right? Hey, I want to start. I'm not being a, I, I don't want to be a backup. You know, if I have to take a, a hit or get out of this contract or whatever I have to do, I'm a starter. And because you, you see guys like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Wilson from BYU and these quarterbacks that we're going to get into in a minute. And, and you see those guys in the draft and suddenly you're a backup because yeah. Hertz takes your job and there aren't many spots. And, you know, I mean, it's Jameis Winston, right? How it just quickly now, no. now like, where's he going to land? How's he going to start again? And it wasn't the case for him as recent as like 10 months ago. Right. I mean, in the playoffs last year, before he got injured, I mean, he carried them to the playoffs, carried them to the, the NFC's title. And, and so that's that's the part of it. But as far as Jalen Hurts, I like what I see. I want to see more of them. Um, we've seen a lot of quarterbacks have a, a good two-game run. And that yeah. would be the thing I would say. So if you're Philly, it's great because – You've seen two games, and he's been so damn good that you're not thinking about Carson Wentz, and you can let him play out the rest of the season and see if you got your guy. And if you do, then what a steal he is. And you can still find something for Carson Wentz, some kind of asset, some kind of pick, because quarterback does matter, um, even if you are going to have to pay him uh, a, a hefty, hefty, hefty chunk of change uh, to facilitate a trade. No doubt about it. So. It's been a quarterback-heavy talk uh, show today here on Locked on NFL. We talked about it at the very beginning. How do we get here? What's going to happen in the 2020 draft after that first pick? We already know as long as he says he's coming out, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. Right now, 
it looks like Jacksonville. I'm going to explain the scenarios, and then we're going to ask James his opinion, especially since he's in Cincinnati. And, he, and Cincinnati is one of those teams in the top three. Where do the dominoes start to fall after the top pick? What's going to happen? And who are one of the two guys that may, may make the dominoes fall or be the guys that are the, te- uh, the guys that teams may have to come up and get? We'll talk about that in our draft segment here on the Wednesday edition of Locked on NFL. All right, we're back here on Locked on NFL on a Wednesday. So if Trevor Lawrence goes one, and here's the scenario, if Jacksonville fails to win one of the next two games, they're on the rights to the the first pick via uh, the tiebreaker scenario because they have the uh, weakest strength of schedule. If the Jacksonville Jaguars win and the Jets win another game, the Jaguars will still, by virtue of the fact that they're tied with the Jets, get that number one pick because the Jaguars are guaranteed one of the top two picks. If the Jaguars win and the Jets lose out and the, Jag- and the Jets have the number one pick, the Jets have the worst record, the Jets will get the number one pick, regardless, as long as he declares Trevor Lawrence is the first pick. If the Jaguars have the second pick, they're going to take a quarterback. At three, then you have the Bengals in that scenario. If the Jaguars have the number one pick and they take Lawrence, then at two, you have the Jets, and most people don't believe they'll take a quarterback at that point. Let's go with that scenario, James, and give me your educated guess and your opinion on what happens, where do the dominoes fall, and then who's the one player that changes everything uh, for the entire draft from that point? Uh, I mean, yeah, it'll be all one. I know in Cincinnati the talk is Penny Sewell, right? So so that that's the, the case at three. They're hoping that he's there. But now the Jets are in prime position because, one, maybe they love love Justin Fields and they're like, that's our quarterback. We're going to roll with him and trade Sam Darnold for a third rounder, even though we're not getting Trevor Lawrence. Well, you know, whatever the case is there. Or they can move down. Or, and this is the idea I threw out there that would be a nightmare for the Bengals. It, well, potentially a nightmare for the Bengals, at least for the fans that want Sewell. They drafted Makai Becton in New York last year. Right. Right. How about Makai Becton and Penny Sewell? You, you mm-hmm. want to talk about uh, having two franchise tackles. I mean, you're, you're talking about giants. And, and Sewell's considered one of these high-end tackles. We know about Becton and what he did at the Combine last year, and he obviously had a quality rookie season. So why not go that route? And, and so I think the deciding factor is going to be between those two teams. One, is Sewell still there for Cincinnati? Because if so, knowing what I know about the organization, obviously they have Joe Burrow. I think they probably stand pat and take the tackle. But if you're the Jets, maybe you lean Sewell. Maybe you don't go quarterback. Or maybe you trade back. And if you trade back, you never know. You never know what's going to happen. Does you know? Does Jerry move up for, for a tackle, potentially, for Dak? Does... Uh, does someone move up for Justin Fields? So I, I think the second and third spots, there's going to be movement. I would be shocked, to be honest, if it just goes Jags, Jets, Bengals. Right. Because if Sewell goes two, then that means Fields is there at three and the Bengals can trade back. And that's the scenario where I think they would consider trading back in Cincinnati. But if Fields goes two or if the Jets trade back, you know, then in fields would go to in that scenario, then you're seeing some movement. So I wouldn't be shocked at all. And then who knows what, what if, 
and I don't think this would happen, but what if a, a team goes after a receiver early on in, in that range or goes after one of these edge rushers, which we talked about last week, there is no chase young, but you never know. Um, so I, I think there are options, but I, I do. I think Sewell's a top five pick. And, and I think that uh, quarterbacks are plenty and it might not be Justin Fields either. It could be Wilson. It could be one of these other guys that teams fall in love with as well. Yeah. Um, where I am with the Jets taking two tackles, this is why I think it could happen. I think it could happen because we're, we're no longer a league where your left tackle is the athletic guy and your right tackle is the mauler. Just like we're no longer a league where your, your right defensive end is the nine wide guy and your left defensive end is necessarily your, your, your space eater or your guy that's the edge center. You have pass rushers on both sides. If you don't think so, look at J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt lined up at left defensive end his entire career and, and was a sack leader for years and years and years. So you need athletes on both sides of the ball. And mm -hmm. you take those. Uh, Tristan Wirfs was the best athlete in the draft as a tackle, and he, he played right he's played right tackle for Tampa Bay all year. And the he's been great. Right. The question for me is, which guy do you do you move Beckton and put – that that's a good problem to have by the way for i think they'll have a new coach but that's a good problem to have you go to just okay we got these two guys we got a guy that's 360 and another guy that's 330 and both of them move like basketball players that's a mm -hmm. good problem to, to to be there and figure that out but yeah i i, I totally agree with you i think pinay well is the guy that's going to make the dominoes fall after the obvious stuff goes on i i think special we talked about rousseau last week uh, once uh, the, the combine numbers uh, get looked at because of his length and his size and his athleticism. And, and then, too, Jamar Chase. Let me tell you how good Jamar Chase is. The thing about Jamar Chase is gonna, that's going to be lukewarm to some people is I think he's going to run a 4-4-8, somewhere between a 4-4-8 and a 4-4-3. Jamar Chase, the wide receiver out of LSU. And he didn't play this year. Jamar Chase last year put up numbers uh, similar to Devontae Smith this year, right? Mm-hmm. As good as Justin Jefferson has been, like rookie of the year, top 12 wide receiver in the NFL, Jamar Chase was by far, when Alabama played LSU last year, and all of those guys that got drafted by Bama and Devontae Smith and all of these other guys were on the field, the best player in the game other than Joe Burrow was Jamar Chase. That's how mm -hmm. good he was. When Clemson played, LSU last year, the national championship game, outside of Joe Burrow, the best player in the game, well, and Trevor Lawrence, the best player in the game was Jamar Chase. And I and, think because, because we haven't seen him, we forgot. Sure. He is a fluid route runner who reminds you, he catches everything the way DeAndre Hopkins does. And he gets in and out of his breaks so smooth, you just forget. And I think the worst thing that could happen is one of these teams that are kind of good that sort of just had a bad season kind of slips up and gets up into that back end of that top 10 and he's sitting there, it is lights out and, and that's what you don't want to see. And I think that in three might be a little bit of a reach, maybe not, but if, you know, if Sewell goes at two, uh, we, you never know what the Bengals, but I think if they traded back, yep. Chase would be one of their targets because a, a trade back scenario means one of two things. Either your guy isn't there or you've already addressed the offensive line because that's clearly their biggest weakness. But wide receiver is too. 
AJ Green aging, not producing like they need him to. Uh, T Higgins looks promising. Tyler Boyd, arguably the best slot wide receiver in the league, but you need another option. Why not reunite Burrow with Jamar Chase, right? So I, I certainly think that that would be on the board there and in, in, in play as early as three, but certainly if the Bengals were that team that traded back because Sewell went to and uh, traded back a couple of spots with the team that wanted Justin Fields or another quarterback. No doubt about it. No doubt. I wouldn't trade you for the world, man, because you're my dog, man. You're my partner <laughs> right here on a Wednesday. This is what we do, man. So I want you guys to continue to join us uh, here on uh, Locked On NFL on a Wednesday. And remember, man, we got great programming, great programming uh, around um, – the Locked On NFL Network. Locked On NFL is here every single day where you have uh, tons and tons and tons of guys who really, really do put up uh, a lot of time to put into these shows. And we do it here every Wednesday. That's what we do every single Wednesday. You know, uh, when you guys have when you guys have te- uh, guys on your team that are rookies that put in great performances, uh, when you have premier draft picks or when you don't have premier draft picks. Last week, our show last week, we talked about teams that are at the end of the draft. And that's what we do. You know, we give it to you every day to give you a chance or every Wednesday to give you a chance to see who your team might pick. All right. For James Rapine and Tony Wiggins on a Wednesday, uh, we thank you for joining us and uh, continue to take care of each other. By the time that you guys hear from us again, Christmas will be gone. So Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah uh, to all. And um, please enjoy your time with your families and everyone be safe. Jamie, Merry Christmas to you, brother. Merry Christmas, Tony. This has been uh this has been fun. 2020 has yes. been the longest, quickest year at the same time. And uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate you too. Thank you all. And thank you all for listening to us because without you, there would be no us. And thank you again.